You're listening to the Breakdown Duo with Deb and T-Wise. They break it down to build you up. Let's join this mother-son duo as they break down tonight's hot topic. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Kiwaz. I'm here with my mom, Deb. Hey, everybody. I just want to wish everyone that's listening a happy Easter because, of course, this will post on Easter Resurrection Sunday. Yeah, happy Easter. Yeah. It's been a very interesting week for me, Tyler. I uh, have really kind of taken a big, deep dive into this this holy week and um, lots going on at our church, but I've been doing a lot of reading and kind of tried to really do it different mm-hmm. personally this week. And boy, I tell you what, it, I've had some, some interesting moments that have been kind of difficult to process. And one of the things to give you an example, last night at our good Friday service, I was part of the choir. And one of the things that it, we did a, a small production, it was a very cool song, but at one point in the song, the choir is to yell, crucify him. We want Barabbas. And it was so hard because I just felt, you know, like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to even pretend to be that person. Yeah. And man, I, I felt like my insides were almost shaking. Uh, And, you know, our director kept saying more, more. And, oh, it was like torture because I've just been so focused this week on it. So I thought it might be, I mean, I think we have some really good things planned today, but I thought it might be just fun to have a a short discussion today. So I'm going to start by asking you a question. What does resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus, what does that mean to you? That is a... I knew you were going to ask a question like that. Um, to me, it's funny you ask this after the conversation we just had. Um, but I have to say, to me, the resurrection is. It's peace. Is a way that I would describe it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, A phrase that I I use a lot from once I heard it was the battle is already won, and you know it, it. Yeah. We're all going to go through our challenges. We're all going to go through our struggles. But because that's ultimate sacrifice was made on our behalf. And since I'm willing to accept it and, uh, you know, accept Christ as my personal savior, that I know no matter what comes in the future, it's nothing I can't handle because that battle's already been won. And 
even though in the moment there's a tendency to forget that, um, at the end of the day, God has a way of reminding you. And there's just a peace and comfort about that to me. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. As I've focused it on, as I have focused on resurrection, this whole Holy Week, the one thing that I've been thinking about, Ty, is resurrection means he is alive. There is no other. I mean, people serve so many other gods, small g. So many other things. We serve a living Savior, a living God. And for me, that changes everything because when I read the Word and I'm so in love with my Bible and the stories and the truth that is there, but it, it's living. That's a living Word. So I read it one time and it, I'm like, have I ever read this before? Mm -hmm. Dad spoke to me like it's never spoken to me before. And then this week in, in getting focused, all the eyewitnesses, like I think maybe over 900 people saw Jesus after he <laughs> was resurrected. I mean, so it's not like somebody just made this up. There were eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it just makes me want to share. Uh, we've, we've been having a, a tough discussion today and kind of this week. And oh, man, I wish I wish everyone who's listening could jump into this conversation because I would love to know what what you think about the fact that. Um, does does this week change everything? Or is it just another week? And why do we do so many things this week? Why do we have so many services? Is is there purpose to our, you know, is it just tradition? Is there a reason we have a Monday, Thursday and a Good Friday and, and stations of the cross? What are we doing all this for? What is the purpose of it? Is it just so we can get together with our families and, um, so you always like to ask the tough questions. And if you could, so I want to ask you a question. If you could single out one thing about this week, if somebody said, hey, Tyler, you know, it's Easter. What is that special for you? What do you look forward to? What's the one thing? What what encouragement would you give them? Well, I, um, encouragement. Is, I don't know if I would start with that. Uh, I think I would come around to encouragement. Mm -hmm. But I think something I learned last night is because this, the marketing of Easter, the, the uh, societal marketing of it is pastels and eggs and bunny rabbits and happy and summertime or springtime and all, you know, it's got this aura about this time, um, this weekend that is just happy, happy, happy. Mm. And there's nothing happy about the crucifixion of Jesus. Yeah. 
um, except that he was doing it for us. Um, but what he went through was horrific. Yeah. And it was, you know, I, I can only imagine like the environment, like I can guarantee the sun was not shining and that it was dark and gloomy and that there was an aura that everybody was, you know, everyone's yelling. So there's an angry mob. There's resentment and frustration and anger. There's there's sorrow. Like nothing about the evening was happy go lucky, yeah, pastels, right? And so I think that aspect of it kind of gets missed. Exactly. To where I don't know that we come into this weekend quite with the the somber um, somberness that it deserves. Um, That's one reason I said to you earlier this week, I, I feel like our churches should be packed out on Good Friday. And I mean packed out, just like they are on Easter, because there is no Easter. There is no Resurrection Sunday without the sacrifice of his death. And, and so on Good Friday, when we come in, and it is, it's such a different service. Yeah. It's, it's not a celebratory thing. It's more, here are the facts of what happened. Right. Well, but also, here, here's a little different way of looking at Friday is that, um, and I, I know I've shared this before, but I keep sharing things on the podcast that I, I feel deserve to be hit home and pounded it into us. And out of all religions out there, out of all faiths, Friday is the only example of a deity, of a God coming to us and sacrificing for us as opposed to making us go to him. Yeah. He's the only one in existence. So when people say it, that it's the ultimate sacrifice it's the ultimate example of love. It is, yeah. So Friday, the crucifixion is the, it is love in its purest form in the worst conditions imaginable. Yeah. It's two polar opposites that shouldn't commingle, but they, they do to create what we see come Easter. And for me, that that concept of such love being exemplified in such horror—that's um, why I say I don't think we come into this weekend with enough reference. It's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, when you really step back and think about it. Yeah, we, we actually failed our listeners, I feel like, in a way. Last week, we should have given this challenge for them to really seriously look at Holy Week. But not only that, do you realize that everything Christ went through that week in 
in getting to the cross and then ultimately his resurrection. That's what our world needs to hear. Like we've trusted him. And so we need to be shouting that Mm -hmm. and, and we need to be inviting people to hear that message because we have such a hurting world there. There's no truth anymore. There's no hope. I have had so many opportunities because I've been so focused this week to invite people to church because, you know, we're going to have a huge celebration. I'd love you to be part of that one. I'm really struggling. We'll come and maybe you'll get some encouragement. You know, my prayer is that every church has a gospel presentation and they give people an opportunity to receive Christ. Mm -hmm. And they explain that they take time for that because I'll tell you what we, we have the good news for this lost world and who knows where the world's going to end up. But like you said, the battle has been won. So we need to speak out and be bold about our faith when given the opportunity. And I I loved what you said, just like Christ came for us to us. We need to be there for people. And when I say be bold, I don't I don't in any way mean cram down people's throat your faith. Not in any way. I mean serve them and bless them and pray for them, be available for them. That's what I'm talking about. Like supernaturally, beyond uh sacrificially. Right. Well, when we say live a Christ-like life, that is what I believe that means. It's it's not try not to sin. That's part of it. But I think it is try to reflect in your life the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And and you said <clears throat> be a servant unto others and put others before yourself and treat others the way you want to be treated. And like the more that that we self-sacrifice And like, again, that's the ultimate form of love, right? So if you really want to show other people what it means to be a Christian and what it means to to live that that Christ-like life, like start doing just about everything you can in your life for others. And not only will they see the impact and, and the influence, but... I promise you all your problems are going to go away. Well, and uh, again, we've said this a bazillion times, but we're going to say it again. It is contagious. Mm -hmm. It is contagious. We have a gentleman in, as I've reminded you before, we met, we are managers of a, a park. We have 92 homes here that we oversee. And we have a gentleman who's really struggling with his health, really struggling. Like uh, he has one of the nicest places in our park as far as landscaping and he is not able to do anything. And he has the only large dog in our park. Talk about amazing to your dad and one of the guy volunteered to walk the dog that one's doing morning, one's doing afternoon because he he literally can't walk his dog anymore. (laughs) So out of that now, Another neighbor, oh, well, then I will 
take his trash out each week and his recycle. And, oh, well, I have to mow my yard. I'll mow his yard. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I'm going to be weeding. So I'll get these four houses and we'll all go over and weed for him and and keep that up because that's really important to him. All of a sudden, we've got probably 10 or 12 different neighbors jumping on board. So it is contagious when you put yourself out there. So in in a positive way, it can be contagious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we didn't have a lot today, but one of of the gifts that we wanted to give you, there is a um, video that's been around for years, and uh, it's by S.M. Lockridge. It's one of my favorites. I've, I've heard it over and over. I just think it is so powerful and the message is so strong. He was, uh, he actually has passed away, passed away in 2000. Um, and he was the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church. He preached crusades and revivals. And uh, they say that he preached to over 100,000 people this mm-hmm. message. So we just want to give this as a gift today, and I hope you can understand it. If for some reason you can't, go to YouTube and look up He's My King. So happy Easter, everyone. King is a king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. 
describing to you, he's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible, well, you can't get him out of your mind, you can't, you can't get him off of your head, you can't outlive him, and you can't live without him, well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him, Pilate couldn't find any fault in him, Herod couldn't kill him, death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Thank you for joining this broadcast with the breakdown duo of Deb and T-Wise. Share this podcast with someone it might help and hit subscribe. See you next week as the duo breaks it down to build you up.